0: i Spaces
1: gm
2: hey reese great to meet you finally
1: great to meet you as well i have not been very active in the Terra community but you guys have been doing amazing work uh this year and just everything you guys have built up so we've been very impressed not only myself personally but also at juno and looking up to you guys and uh, looking to write you know more modules and things that hopefully you guys will incorporate as well so i've been super excited to see that
2: yeah, peer sharing's actually been a big one. So kudos to you guys for pioneering that and and you know, it's it great for our ecosystem as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's been huge. So yeah, kudos. All right, give it a couple more minutes so people filter in. All right, why don't we uh get started and uh, of course if anybody uh comes in late what this is about. I can always uh, uh rewind and catch it later. But uh thank you everybody for joining, uh, and everybody who listens after the fact. Uh this space is on uh, uh Enterprise Dow, specifically the recent uh addition of cross-chain treasuries uh located on Juno to Enterprise Dow. Uh so for people who are not aware, uh Enterprise DAO is a management platform uh where you can both uh, do governance uh, you know, proposals, things like that, and also manage uh, treasuries directly. Uh, and that now includes Juno. Uh, it started with Terra, just added Miglu, uh recently, and now Juno. So that means DAOs can uh, open uh, treasuries on Juno, hold assets there, interact with Juno apps, stake Juno, uh, other good stuff like that. Uh, before we start the discussion generally, is there anything you want to add to that, Vlad? Uh, anything any cool things I missed there?
4: Uh, no,
2: I think you got it covered.
3: I'm getting too good at this. Don't, don't have anything for you to do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> then uh, why don't we just uh, just kind of just start off the conversation? Uh, you know, we might have some some people here. Uh, I know some few people who are uh, in or have joined DAOs, and they may. Have uh, you know used stuff on Juno? Used apps on Juno? Maybe they haven't. So um, you know, Reese, Jake, um, you, know, you just both joined us from uh, the Juno ecosystem. What are some cool apps uh, and things like that that uh, enterprise DAOs should look into now that they have access to them?
1: I'll start here. So we've got a right uh... of wide variety of apps, but some of the coolest that I've been using and am looking forward to using and expanding in the future is definitely things like Inride, which is one of our peer to peer applications, like an Uber light like service built on top of Juno. So Inride's super cool has real real world use cases. And so we're looking forward to that expanding out currently, it's only in like a subsection of Europe, but they're actually expanding out to other taxi services as well. So it could be cool for a DAO to be able to pay for its members whenever you're doing conferences over in the EU area to pay for those those rides uh, through through Juno via the, the Enterprise DAO. So that could be super cool. Other things that we have with DeFi is like 42 Money, which is a cross-chain, just different types of DeFi strategies there. But one of the biggest that, that I'm looking at with this is Juno Juicer. This is a protocol that's in the works, which would allow for Enterprise DAO to connect to Juno and get fully private transactions and be able to move funds through that. So we're super excited working on the SDK side for that. So it's gonna take some other work. That way, Terra does not need to do that work, but you can leverage work that we're doing at Juno to to enhance that functionality there. Oh, amazing. So the first one I wanna talk about is actually
2: Enride. I have not seen this before. Um, I'm on, I'm on the Juno network website right now, uh, taking a look at all your apps and I'm looking at it. So have you, have you tried this out? Or do you know anybody who has? Cause this looks amazing.
4: I believe Jake has. All right. Good morning, Good morning. everyone. Good morning.
5: I, just, yeah. I just woke up. Um, yeah, I've actually been I've actually gotten a ride from them. It was, it's pretty fun. Um,
2: yeah. So tell us about the process of that.
5: How does that work? I mean, it's just like an app, like Uber, and then they have like, kind of like your Web3 sort of social login sort of thing. Um, and so it doesn't really feel like you're like using like a Kepler wallet at all, but you do have to like top it up with, some um, some coin balances. Um, I don't know, like a at, at Juno, it's kind of just like an experimental chain. And you know, it's like, <laughs> we're letting like people come and build like really cool things like, um you know, some of the other apps on Juno are like Doudao. You can like, like actually, you know, one of the things we ship today, you know, you guys are making on-chain treasuries on Juno. You can now use DowDow today to make on-chain treasuries on Terra and do anything on Terra that you might want from a Dow and a completely different chain. I think we've got to get these interchain vibes going. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like, Cool, smart contract stuff we've been working on recently at juno i don't know if you've heard about this thing called mesh security but it's pretty pretty sick i think it'd be really awesome if like juno and Terra could mesh and you know as og Cosmosm communities
4: i don't know if you've heard about mesh security at all
3: yeah no no we've we've heard about that um uh, but I, but I kind of the one I was really interested in. Um, I really wanted to hear more of was the Juno juicer because the that really sounds like a, uh, and maybe this is my my ignorance speaking, like something that I, I don't, I don't know how else you know, <laughs> well was, how else we would get that on Juno or sorry on uh, Terra really quickly or how how other people would be able to use that. Um, so could you all, you all tell us a little bit more about that? Tell everybody a little more about
1: that. Yeah. So they've been working on it for a while now, and the limitation has come at getting users onboarded into the juicer you can kind of also think of this as like it built in like tornado cash as well so it's got different different aspects like that and one of the issues is you need to prefund a wallet to pay for gas fees in the cosmos sdk and fees as we've seen are kind of a pain in the sdk so what we're going to be working on on the protocol side is allowing a contract to pay for a user's fees that may have never executed on the chain ever so a brand new wallet can pay for like, let's say one Juno in fees up to for for gas, interact with this contract and be able to submit a transaction from another wallet that they've inputted in. And so that way you get full financial transparency, it doesn't require a centralized exchange or someone that you know, it's a brand new wallet has never touched the chain, is then able to go interact with a contract on the developer's behalf, they pay for that, you can use feeshare to minimize the uh, loss that you'll get as the developer but it's a much better user experience because maybe they don't have Juno yet through their enterprise DAO, but now they're able to interact and at least do something, and then they can come back uh, to their enterprise DAO after they've completed that action. So that's something we're going to be rolling out in 2024 and working with that team to to get that onboarded because we think that that's super great.
4: Yeah, so... Um, um, yeah, I, I think this would be
2: a good use case for Enride as well. Uh, because as you guys mentioned, you have to do top ups and, um, you know, automatically topping this up, um, you know, getting Juno, getting getting people access to those tokens so that they can use that without even, you know, knowing that it's running on crypto. I think that's the future. Um, the, 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 like, like in my opinion, the future is completely abstracted UX. Um, and this just brings us one step closer to that. So I like that idea.
1: Yeah, we currently have D1 live on chain, which requires you to already have at least some funds, like you've done one transaction on Juno, but then the developer, whether that be DowDow, Inride, or Juno Juicer, could pay for for that. But we want to take that one step further, require some SDK work, remove that so the user that has never touched the chain is able to interact with it at least once. But that's, of course, up to the developer, where the developer could like let you have five transactions on their contract per month up to some gas limit that they'll pay for. And so we're working through that and how that looks from the UI perspective as well. But it should be almost drag and drop uh, from a UI perspective of what you have now with your normal Kepler would work. You just set fees to zero, done.
4: Yeah, sounds amazing.
1: Um, cool. Is, are are there any like
2: decentralized exchanges or or you know NFT uh, communities on on Juno that? you know, you would recommend either create an enterprise DAO
1: or you know, already existing enterprise DAOs go and take a look at? So on the DEX side, we've had a rough time at Juno getting DEXs to be sustainable. So right now the current DEX would be WIND, W-Y-N-D DEX. And so that's currently the home of, of where a majority of liquidity is. We are in talks with Astrovault, who's currently on Archway. And seeing if we can get their decks on which is a sustainable deck they're able to monetize liquidity so we think that that's a super big opportunity there a part of that is that they also need an nft platform so we have compel who's been working on an nft marketplace platform similar to stargaze but on juno but at the same time it's it's been slow to develop i mean and there's so- also the-
5: talus yeah. as well talus is probably the nicest to use one um Juno's a bit different and it's a bit like there's a bit of a cultural difference between like Juno and some other communities. It's re- Juno's like really decentralized and almost like painfully so, but that's what kind of makes it more of like, I think an innovative community in some ways. And Terra is much more, you guys are great at like top down, like culture and doing really polished kind of things because you have like, you know, you have, you have TFL and it's a very well run and organized kind of like company, right? So it's like like Juno is good at doing things like differently. And yet at the same time, you know, like there's strengths and weaknesses to both approaches, what I'm saying. Um, And so like, as a result, like Juno does hasn't had like, you know, sort of like top down direction in terms of like, which decks is going to be like the official decks of the chain or whatever. Um, And I think on that particular outcome, we've seen less, less desirable results, but you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of liquidity coming in for any decks that wants to like really, you know, take the number one spot.
3: Yeah, no, it's it's good to have. Um, I do think I love about
5: this industry is there's, yeah, uh,
3: different chains, different ways. Yeah, doing exactly. Things, different communities,
5: you know, you, you guys are using the free right. share module, right? Right. You know, which is something that we've been. Yeah. yeah. You know, so we're we're creating a culture of like innovative communities and like. I've got a developer society called Lead Society, which anyone who's looking to learn Cosmos and smart contracts or the Cosmos SDK, they can come and you know build some stuff on Juno and like earn some Juno and like learn basically. Um and so yeah, I think it's important to realize like the strengths of like different communities. And like Juno is definitely a very much an experimental chain. And so sometimes things like lack a little bit of the polish, but you know that it's still like an innovative and fun place to be um and yeah i just hope that we can all like you know work together and appreciate each other's differences yeah and and i think that's exactly why we
2: chose juno to be the next chain that we launch on um you know we, we have DAOs on, on Enterprise right now that are all about experimentation. They're all about going in and, and pushing the boundaries. Um, they end up, you know, testing a lot of things out and doing things unconventionally. And I think, you know, that's perfect and, and, and perfectly aligns with, uh, with Juno's culture. Um, like you guys always have, you know, the latest and the greatest when it comes to uh, modules um, that come onto Cosmos. And, you know, a lot of the times other chains are, not as willing or even reluctant to add those modules in. Um, whereas Juno, I think, um, perfectly demonstrates, you know, the bleeding edge of Cosmos. And, and you know, I think DAOs would really appreciate to, to go on there and test these things out. Um, and so are there any other things that, that are in the works that we can expect, um, you know, enterprise DAOs to be able to go test out, be maybe one of the first testers? Because we do have
5: a lot of DAOs that would be willing to do that. I mean, yeah, there's like a lot of crazy stuff in the works. We're about to launch DAO Wars. Um, and so these are going to be like augmented bonding curve, like contracts that I think people will
4: love to play with. Um, but, you know. Nice. Could you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what's going
2: on
5: with that? Um I, I don't, you know, I feel like I was invited on this call without people like not knowing a ton about what I do, but uh Yeah, I mean it's it's a DAO game. It's like um you know, it's a game that you play as like huge groups of people and part of the point is to teach people about these uh things called that we call DAOs, you know? 'Cause it's like it's a weird, very abstract word for a lot of people. It sounds very nerdy. How are we gonna get like the masses to you know, adopt DAO tooling. Like personally, I'm a big believer in in the need for next gen governance tooling. And I actually have this crazy idea, um that everything in the world is gonna be run by a DAO. Like all nonprofits, all governments, all like organizations. But you know, that's why, you know, I go by the name of Dow Maximus sometimes. But Vlad, how did you get into DAOs? Like why do, you, why do you care to work on this stuff? Like What makes you really, really excited about like DAOs as like the future of governance or like how, how do you go about thinking about it?
2: So yeah, interesting question. Um, why I designed uh, Enterprise in the first place um, was actually after the DPEG, what I noticed was that um, in the current uh, methods of governance and the current tooling that we had, and this dates back to even, you know, pre-DPEG um, on Terra's side. Um, I noticed that the, the, the governance methods and the DAO tooling that we have were, number one, very inefficient, and number two, very difficult to use. Um, so dating back to pre-DPEG, um, there was a lot of times where people would want to create tokens, they'd want to create N- NFT projects. Um, and every time you wanted to do something simple, even as simple as, you know, a PFP NFT, which realistically should only be comprised of, um, maybe a business manager and an artist, um, you'd need a developer. And that developer would have to tell you um, how to create commands to mint your NFTs. Same thing goes for tokens. Like you needed to know how to dev to create a token. Um, Fast forward to um, the DPEG, I saw how inefficient governance was in its current stage. And I had a bunch of ideas of how we could improve it. Um and so since then I became obsessed with uh improving the UX and obsessed with um thinking about different governance mechanisms that could make decision making faster and more effective for large groups of people.
5: Yeah, cool. I mean, what do you think the cutting it? So I actually like get to hang out with a a bunch of really awesome like DAO people, you would would be great to add you to some of these groups. Um but like, what do you think some of the most like exciting like developments in like voting and governance structures in DAOs are? One
2: one thing um, would actually be polling. Uh, this has been something requested, and you know, even even I've seen a need for this. Um, typically, governance works with like a yes, no, abstain, no with veto, um, and it's basically a yes or no question. And binary questions can only go so far. Um, in terms of what you're able to do with them, um, I'll give you an example. So, imagine you want to delegate to a validator um, as your DAO, right? So, I I have Luna, and I want to delegate it to a Luna validator. Um, number one, the DAO has to decide whether or not it wants to do that. Um, and number two, like if you have a bunch of different validators, right, that that you've decided to validate or or to delegate to. Your DAO actually has to decide individually which validator it wants to go to. If you come up with a list, for example, and the DAO disagrees with one of them, you have to recreate that proposal, et cetera, et cetera, until you guys come to a consensus. Um, So, what would be great is actually having polls, kind of like Mad Libs style, where you have your proposal, you have like a bunch of different parameters there, and the DAO votes on each one of those parameters. And so you can come up with like, you can kind of build your proposal as you go um and allow the doubt to select all of these different parameters and you know the best one of these parameters and, and and the best jumble of them eventually makes it to the final proposal um and then at the end of the vote you collect you know the
5: most popular options is that like ranked choice voting or are you thinking like something different
4: uh what
2: was
5: that is that like ranked choice voting
2: uh, ranked choice voting, kind of. Um, it could also be just a regular poll, right? Like imagine I'm a DAO and I want to vote on, you know, uh, a, an on-chain governance proposal, like on the chain level, right? Um, I, I can select a vote that has, you know, um, yes or no, but that only goes so far. Uh, what you'd really want is your your voters to be able to vote like what they actually want the, 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 the DAO to vote as. So yeah, that, that could be ranked choice voting, um, but there's also like a different alternative where you can have like, like I said, like a Mad Libs, um, you create like a proposal um, kind of template and then inside you have like multiple votes going on at the same time. Uh, so imagine I want to delegate to a validator again. Um, one of those parameters could be the amount to delegate and then another one of those parameters could be the actual validator. And so you'd have two votes inside of one proposal uh, for two different things that eventually get built up into one single proposal.
5: Cool. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think there's an alternative way that you could solve that um, thing. Maybe, maybe it's just the like, different language for the same kind of solution. But um, one of the things that I think WinsDAO did um, well. They did some things very poorly, but um, they, they had a a like a liquid staking token, and they used this uh, thing called gauge voting. So basically everyone in the DAO could express their preference for which validators should be stick to. Um, and so you could just go to the gauge and you'd be like, I think 10% to informal systems or 10% to this validator, 10% to notional, they're not around anymore, but whatever. Um, and at any time anyone can come in and like change their preference. And the actual value was the weighted, like the weighted average of everyone that was staked in the DAO. And this has like already been done before on Juno. But I think it's a model that's like quite interesting for others to look at as well.
2: Yeah, I think honestly, probably a pretty similar solution. Um different ways of picturing it. But solves the same problem. And I think this is one, one of the inefficiencies that, that on-chain governance needs to tackle is like, what if you have more than one thing that you need to make a decision on at, at a time, right? Do you create multiple proposals or do you create multiple votes within a single proposal? Um, I think it's the latter. I think the UX on the latter is a lot
4: better. Um, but yeah,
2: there's, there's different ways of visualizing that as well.
4: Um, Window is one of them. Yeah, I mean,
5: what do you think are the biggest challenges and hurdles that we overcome? At, we need to overcome as people that are working on like interchain DAO Hmm One
2: one thing that enterprise is solving uh, is is again we're maximizing UX. So um, the thesis is that in the future, um, knowing like like having regular users and everyday users care about what chain they're on. um, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think um, similar to how Enride is doing it, I think full abstraction is the way to go, right? Like in my mind, caring about what chain your transaction happens on, as long as it goes through and you get what you need out of it um, is similar to caring whether a website is running on GCP or AWS. It's for everyday users, it's it's never going to be something that the mainstream cares about. And so I think UX is something that we need to, um, we really need to strive for and then abstracting away all of the complexities of chains, uh, whether that be, you know, IBC stuff, uh, airing, things like that. It just has to be simple and very
4: intuitive to use. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah, I that's think the biggest that's thing. Up.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's the, the you know, uh, some, it sounds like some Geno apps are, are uh, doing the same thing, like InRide, making it really, really smooth, but it's definitely um, our biggest uh, passion, and specifically Vlad's. He's, he's, uh, he's kind of a UX, UX nutter, I would say.
5: What does the cross-chain UX look like on an enterprise? I was looking for a video.
2: Uh, yeah, so we, we have something in the works right now, Um, where the idea is that no matter what chain you're on, um, the UI and the UX is going to feel identical. So you could be on Osmosis interacting and and submitting transactions with Osmosis. You could be on Terra, you could be on Juno. And no matter what, you'll be able to interact with each DAO and create each DAO as if you were on a single chain. So the experience is going to be identical. Uh, You'll be able to interact on every... Every DAO, every treasury, no matter what chain it's on, and it will feel no different than a completely different DAO on a completely separate chain. Uh, so no more drop downs, no more you know changing networks, none of that. It's all just going to be the same. Um, and I think that's the first step
4: to um, you know solving this this cross chain UX problem. Cool. So it's not live yet.
5: That's not. That's something that we have in the works for for early next year. Oh, you should uh, see the tweet I just posted today um, with uh, Dao Dao Interchain Accounts. And you can actually just use Osmosis. You can just use the UI as your DAO and makes a proposal. Pretty cool. You should check it out. Maybe you guys could do something similar. And if you want, because a lot of the components are open source, maybe we could start, you know, working together a little bit more. Could be fun. You guys have, like, this great polish. And, yeah, we've got some, like, innovative, like, people of our own. You know, Juno Terra could be a strong collab.
4: Yeah, I'll take a look at what at what you have there. Uh, latest tweet. I'll look at it after after this call. I can also pin it in the thing if you want, but you know maybe you don't want that.
3: <laughs> no, it was very cool. Um, I had a question. Oh yeah. Uh, so speaking of uh some features, so we've heard about some uh, cool features that are coming. Um, you know for uh Vlad for, for DAO, are there any other ones that you want to tease uh, people that are coming up? I mean I know people who have been on uh, these for so you know the 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 last one might have heard some of these but uh, we have people joining us for from the Juno ecosystem. Are there any uh, features you'd especially like to tease? Yeah
2: so number one is the um the 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 cross chain UX the cross chain distractions um, so coming out super, super soon is if you have you know, tokens on Juno that you want to create a DAO with, it's, the experience is going to be no different from any token that you've created on Terra. Um, you could even create you know, a second Juno DAO if you want to. Um, and then you know, create outposts on a bunch of different chains. Um, unstaking, claiming, stuff like that, that's going to be able to go to whatever chain that you want um and all of that is going to be fully abstracted away and and you know using it using a dao um like a Juno dao is going to be no different from using a Terra dao um and i think especially for communities on on Juno um that'd be super cool super interesting to use um and so that's coming out for tokens uh first and then we're also working with arc protocol to get that coming out for nft daos as well um so if you do have nft collections and you know you want to create a DAO for them? Again, the experience no different than than creating one with NFTs that were generated on Terra. Um, yeah, they're think, awesome. They're yeah. really awesome.
5: I love the art guys.
2: Yeah. So the experience there is just going to be, you know, ideally fully seamless, and and I think we'll get there. Um, and that opens up the door to you know trying out the tooling and and getting to use it, um, and then onboarding your communities like very very seamlessly. Um, it's going to feel identical to you know um, whatever we've been using for a long time.
5: How do you think we get people really excited about DAOs? What? Well, because I, I want to get more people excited about DAOs. I don't care if they're on Juno or on Terra. Like, let's just get people excited about DAOs. What do you think is the secret to do that? Aside from good UX, obviously good UX, obvious. But, but like, what do you think it's like? What, what else? What else do you think is going to get people excited about DAOs? Honestly, this one's
2: pretty obvious as well. And, and in hindsight, you know, whenever, whenever you have something, it's always obvious. I think it's, it, it's, it's within the DAOs itself. Um, you have to have DAOs and incentivize them to do cool stuff. Um, stuff that people care about um, and stuff that's just for fun. So an example is uh, the, that we have right now on Enterprise is Lion DAO. Um, and they've actually excited a bunch of people, um, you know, regarding the topic of DAOs. They submit a proposal almost every day, it feels like. Um, and they're always doing something new. Uh, they've pushed the boundaries of what's possible with a DAO and what you could do. And, you know, the communities you can spawn up. Um, they started with the token, eventually, you know, created this entire NFT community. Now they run, you know, at least a couple events a month. And I think, you know, to get people excited about DAOs, you need, you know, DAOs to do interesting and, and, and cool things. Um, and so it's, it's our job for the DAO tooling suite um, to um, incentivize DAOs to do cool stuff. Um, one of those things that, that you could do is obviously the fee sharing mechanism. It incentivizes DAOs to actually come up with proposals to expand their, um, their, their communities. Uh, This adds people, this adds, you know, fees that that get put back into the DAO to be able to do more cool things. And it's kind of a a flywheel in that sense. Um, And so, again, yeah, to wrap it up, I think uh, DAOs need to be doing cool things and we need to be enabling DAOs
5: to do those cool things. Yeah, LionDAO has been really, really great, I think, at getting people very engaged in teaching people how to, like, join their first DAO effectively. Like really, really
4: awesome. Yeah, this is also one
3: one uh, area where the uh, incorporating the fee share model module has been really cool because uh, you know was implemented so that DAOs could uh, take part in it too. So I know Lion DAO has, I believe, other ones have as well. Uh, It just means that not only do the DAOs get to go you know do cool fun things, uh, but they can share in the uh, the transaction volume um that their their actions uh you know cause so it's a nice nice little extra boost that you know enterprise now gets to take advantage of to size the
2: exactly um i think similar as well to um what you guys are doing with the I think you called it Dow Wars. Uh forgive me if I, I'm mistaken on that. Yeah. Um but gamification is actually huge, right? It's like um you know People do things in the first place because they're interesting. And I think games by default are meant to be interesting. They're meant to pique your curiosity, um, and, and get you to use something. So I think gamification and incentives through gamification are a good one, right? Like how do you get people coming back every single day to vote on a proposal? How do you get rid of, you know, governance apathy? Uh, that's a huge problem in a bunch of DAOs, right? It's like people buy the token, hold the token, but don't actually vote. Um, it's it's up to us again to figure out how to get people engaged and you know if you add different you know games and mechanisms like that uh people will be coming back um people will enjoy it and every single day you know they'll have something to do it's not like you just have this governance tooling um it's it it only does mundane things and you you check up on it because you know you hold the token you want people coming back for different reasons as well and and games are huge um are are, think... are a huge part in doing that.
5: Yeah, definitely. I I mostly think of games as a way to like educate people about this like space alien technology that we've given them. Like, okay, here's this crazy UI um that can hold like a collective bank account, right, or collective treasury, but it's really dangerous. Like, um we've already done some like DAO games. Like, we did this whole red versus blue thing a while back. um We're long overdue for the next DAO game, which I promise is on the way. Um, but there's just so much people learn from them. Like one of the things people learned from red versus blue was like social engineering attacks that can happen with DAOs. Um like uh, Putmos wound up taking over both DAOs just through crazy, tricky, sneaky social engineering. And we have to like teach people about like the risks and like dangers of all these different tools as well. Like um, and I think games are a really good way to do that. Like teach people how to use these tools in like very like low stakes kind of settings versus like, you know, and eventually we want the world re- economy to run on this stuff. Or at least I do. I'm not just I don't care just about meme coin stuff. I'm I build to like, you know, replace what exists. But um, Vlad, how do you think we best like educate people about like Dow tooling? Is it things like games? Like, I mean I think that probably has a role, but like what what more do we need to do to like educate people like how to use these tools and then also like some of the risks like
2: yeah, so I think games are great to educate on the risks, especially because it's like you said, a controlled environment, um, low stakes, right? Like people are not going to lose their 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 DAOs to this, right? And some people have very valuable DAOs and need to be very careful with that, um, especially if you're a project. You know, you have a token, you airdropped it. You don't want your DAO to be uh, taken over through like some hostile takeover. Um, and so games are a really good way. Um to educate around that. Um, and I think another way to educate people about like what you can do um, is to actually use them yourselves. And I think if you have yourself and and people close to you as an actual user um, of your tooling, um, you'll be able to show others, right? like what you can do, uh, what limits you can push and and um, you know boundaries that you can set. Um, and then also like people around you, like, like the further they push the limits, the more you're able to figure out what you can actually do with this stuff. Um, so yeah, games and, and using it yourself to its maximum
3: potential. Yeah, sometimes even, uh, you know, speaking of the games or, or, or in this case testing, it can even lead to doubts being created. Um, I don't know uh, y'all heard about, uh, Alliance DAO that just, uh, launched, uh, last week. And that was from a uh, testing initiative for the Alliance module that uh, that uh, TFL launched back in February, March, I think. Uh, and now it's uh, spun up a uh, NFT DAO uh, based on that. And um, they're going to kind of take the Alliance module thing and uh, uh, might kind of run with that and, and get that spread across the cosmos. So it's a really cool idea of where you know once again, yeah, this is use you know, games.
5: I think I think that's really cool. Um. But, you know, I really want to, you know, get Terra on, on the Mesh. You guys are going to just, like, crush it better than anyone else. And it's, you know, like, ultimately, at the end of the day, if you care about yields, like, Mesh allows you to, like, cross-stake multiple, multiple times. Like, and so it's like, it's like Alliance, but, like, better. But, like, you know what you guys did with Alliance with, like, the great marketing and making it really easy? And then, like, getting the community really excited about that—you could do that with Mesh and just like crush it. Just saying, you know, we don't have to like talk about this today, but I would love to mesh
4: with
3: Tara. Just saying. No, yeah, that's that's above my uh, pay grade, so uh, I'll I'll leave that to. Well, us I think uh, I'm supposed to I'm talk
5: with Chris about this, but um, I don't know who the right person to talk to is. But you guys
4: have your, you know, like top-down thing. I, I, I respect it.
3: Yeah, no, we can we can we can uh we can figure that out later. But uh for the time being, uh I also want to say I did say this at the beginning. Actually, yeah. uh, if anybody has questions, um either um you know about Enterprise DAO or about the the Gino cross-chain treasuries or anything like that, uh feel free to either put a comment uh, on this uh thread. Um or yes, request to speak, which I see Woohoo! Rebel
4: DeFi you're up hey rebel how's it going up, so guys can you hear me okay yep
6: yep yeah um just just following on from what jake said there um and maybe today's not the the day for that call um but alliance wise there's going to be a call later in this week with um orbital command i'll be hosting um Sencom from megaloo They've they've essentially done the most innovative things with Alliance so far. Um obviously there's this um Alliance Dow spinning up on Terra. Some interesting stuff we can talk about that as well. But Jake, if you want to come on this space, it's on Thursday, 1 pm UTC. Um it might be really interesting to talk about differences, similarities between Alliance and Mesh. Um and yeah, yeah. do count Sencom. No,
5: I would love to because I think there's actually like, you know, um, like Alliance was definitely like quicker to market. Like Mesh was like announced first and then you guys did Alliance. And then um, I think that Mesh is just going to have like much higher adoption. Like have you ever heard of this thing called Ethereum and this thing called the Eigenlayer? Well, we're going to be leveraging Mesh, right? And so it's like you can see the way the wind is blowing. And, you know, I think like Terra could do a fucking great job in the mesh. Like literally, you know, obviously it's up for the Juno community to decide, but I would be an advocate for meshing with Terra because as I see it, Terra is an OG Cosmosm chain and Juno is an OG Cosmosm chain. And we're the OG Cosmosm chains and we, we, like, are completely different in many ways. Um, like, and you guys are, like, way more polished and, like, we're just, like, way more chaotic, but, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think uh, especially there's, like, a nice cool relationship or alliance that could be formed. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, alliance. We could definitely form an alliance. You I think understand? that's, yeah, I think we should <laughs> form an alliance. Let's just, like, use mesh security. It'll, it'll be it'll be sick trust me on this one but you know we'll we'll have the talk i'll show up to the thing i would love to chat with those guys um actually been talking with the white whale people because uh data is going to be on miguel soon and uh yeah
6: that sounds great let's do it rebel i definitely got to have some IRL events with you and vlad at the same one discussing this kind of stuff and um, and and to sort of circle it yeah back vlad to-
5: you know i i really want to actually co-opt you um I, I want to bring you to the inner circle of the cool DAO people. You know, we should hang out the same.
4: Got it. Okay.
2: Um, okay. Yeah. Alliance is definitely out of my ballpark, um, but I would love to see Juno um, and, and Tara have an alliance. I know what it does. I don't know exactly how it compares to mesh security. Um, you know, haven't seen mesh security in action yet. Um but, I mean, I'd be interested in that call
4: as well.
5: I mean, the rumors are
4: there was going to be, like, a UI available
5: for Christmas. But, you know, maybe those are just rumors.
6: Let's see it 100%. So, to get it back onto Enterprise then, um, or at, at DAOs in general, um, one thing that's concerning me a little bit is... This alliance DAO that we've got set up, and it, you were talking about Jake, you were talking about um, games and stuff with the red blue. I remember being aware of that, but not really involved with it. Um, my concern with alliance DAO, and I know Evan's here as well, is that there was basically airdrop hunters playing this game of alliance, like um alliance on testnet to get an NFT or to get some sort of reward. So, I I, I'm just not sure how we can avoid a DAO being taken over by a bunch of airdrop hunters who want to maximize their own personal yield. If they kind of get in a, a clique together and and put some proposals up that are maybe not in the best interest of the DAO or the, the Terra community, because at the moment it is a Terra community initiative, um, the DAO literally could get taken over. And I don't know if there's any fail-safes either in DAO or Enterprise that can prevent that, or if that is the nature of DAOs, and we just have to accept it.
3: I uh, I think this is um, this is something that I think as we have more DAOs, as we have more real world use cases, we're going to find more often where there are you know some pitfalls of the of the current uh, model. This is what Vlad was talking about with you know the polling and, and the voting. Like you you try using binary voting for a little bit, you realize well. You know, that's that's a thing you can use and it works for some things, but it doesn't for others because it doesn't encapsulate the you know the full the full uh you know options that we might want to actually discuss. And I think this is another example uh that we're just gonna see as time goes on when uh you know when when we might need to either change how you know a DAO is started or you know how an airdrop is done or you know uh how how the um you know the governance is allocated and different DAOs are gonna you know play with different things and we'll all just kind of watch and see what works. I think that's the, the cool part of being experimental. Uh and we'll 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 kind of put that into the system as time goes on if there's if there's best practices.
2: Yeah, Rebel, I think I think that issue exists in chains as well, right? Like it it's it's I think a pitfall in proof of stake itself. Is like if you have enough resources, and I guess this applies to proof of work as well, right? Like if you have enough resources, um, you can get together and you can take something over that is not in the best interest of everybody else.
4: Um, I think, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think that this
2: is something that you have to protect yourself against when you're creating your DAO. Um, so a lot of the times, like if you have a project, you're going to have majority stake, uh, same thing within a company, right. Um, a regular company that's, you know, on, um, on, on, on the traditional markets, right. If you have the majority of your stock available, um, and, and it has voting power, right. And you don't set any protection mechanisms, it's going to be taken over. Um, we do have like mechanisms within, uh, enterprise that are uh, sort of fail safes um, to like the ultra malicious things, which is um, councils. Um, and and so that can like upgrade or, you know, change some parameters within the DAO. Um, but I think ultimately it's up to the DAO creators upon um, the, the initial genesis of the DAO, as well as the DAO like before it gets taken over to make sure that they. Uh, create a system, and they they set themselves a set of parameters that ensures that that they'll be safe as a community.
3: Yeah, so I think part a- of that also uh, can be cultural. Like, uh, uh, yeah, if somebody comes in and straight up just tries to do a hostile takeover is malicious, then that, that you have to deal with and you have to beat with, um, you know, systemic or, you know, like architectural uh, tools. But I think it also can be just... Uh, building a community that agrees on, you know, certain things. Uh, Pine House is a beautiful example of this, of just a community that is strong in and of itself. Um, so it attracts people that want to, you know, continue to per- perpetuate that community. So, so I think that's an element as well. Yeah, I,
2: I think another interesting thing to look at is um, that that might spawn from Alliance Dow. I've already seen mentions of this is like, big DAOs, especially NFT communities, like fragmenting themselves into smaller DAOs, maybe based on um, traits or like backgrounds or things like that. Um, There might be DAOs that split off, create another DAO and then kind of start competing um, with a DAO from the same collection. Um, And so what happens there, I'm I'm pretty curious to see, right? Like what if two communities go head to head from the same token or the same collection? What happens there? and so I, I think, honestly, it's, it's up to each DAO, um, each DAO to protect itself and to ensure that it has the
3: parameters set to, to protect their community. Yeah, super cool uh, uh, discussion. Um, well, we'll keep chatting about this for, for a minute. But uh, once again, if anybody's got any other questions, drop them in the, the chat or request to speak. i uh, keep going for another you know, few minutes overall, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll call it if we don't have others. But uh, Jake, did you have
4: a
5: thought on that? I mean I, I agree with a lot of your points. I think uh especially your point about culture is that I think in crypto we need to do a better job or at least I try to do a better job um of sele- Peter Pan you guys know who Peter Pan is not Peter Pan from oh. the fucking Disney movies but like oh, he's like no, with man. the thought- 1KX <laughs> he's like a he's like a like a crypto researcher and Gen. Um, but he wrote this like really famous article in twenty twenty one about like crypto communities and like which crypto communities are like the strongest um, and like most profitable in the long run at least. Uh, and he like broke it down and there's like two kinds of people. Um, and there's like intrinsically motivated people that just do things because they're they're interested in those things, right? And there's extrinsically motivated people, which like are doing it because it's cool or because they're gonna make they want to make money, right? They don't care about the thing, they just care about making money. So um and the challenge for DAOs is like, how do you build communities with intrinsically focused people? Because the extrinsically focused people will always easily come, especially as soon as number goes up, right? And so, like, you know, and I, I can find this paper and send it to you guys. I think it's really relevant for a lot of people starting DAOs. Um, even if you care about making money, right? Like, you need those intrinsically motivated people to, like, seed the community. Otherwise, you know, it doesn't work. Um, so, yeah, I think your, your part about, like, culture and community is, like, a huge, huge deal for Dows. Yeah, and, and this relates to companies as well, right? Like, if you get a
2: bunch of people in your company that only care about the money, um. Right. Exactly.
5: Yeah. Totally. Your
2: your company's not going to succeed, and so the the trick is to find people that that love what they're doing, love the mission of your company or your DAO, and and will do things because they believe it's in the best interest of that movement.
5: Yeah. Oh, there's so much exciting stuff. I'm really. It's like always amazing to like just be building the tools for tomorrow, and you know,
4: like DAOs are that. Does in the future yeah absolutely can i just jump I, in I
3: yeah.
6: Another oh one? yeah go ahead. um i i was in a space maybe a week or so ago and jake was very complimentary about terra docs um and i know evan i don't know if it's evan on his own that does all the docs or evan and his team that do the docs um and, and, you, and you've been talking about how to sort of drive dow adoption and i'm just wondering like is there like a noob's guide, this is not my question. So, my friend, in fact, MB could have been up here um, asking his own question. But we've been discussing this that there's no doesn't seem to be any, like a noob's guide to like starting a DAO. It seems to be like start a DAO and work out how this software works, which is kind of cool. That's like obviously you got to like DIY, but it might be handy if we're if we're talking about getting mass adoption. Um, I think we're going to need. This is like a noob's guide. More docs about how to use this stuff. Would that be fair to say?
5: Yeah, I mean, no, there's definitely a lot more that's needed on like the doc side. But running a DAO is not just about using a piece of software, as I think we were kind of getting at with that culture thing, right? It's like running a, it's like running an organization, right? And there's there's a bunch of stuff like regardless of whether you use enterprise or Dowdow or whatever, or any particular or Gnosis safe or any particular piece of software running a Dow is ultimately coming down to like organizing a group of people and building a culture and all these other kind of soft skills that have nothing to do again with whether you use Gnosis safe or enterprise or Dowdow, it doesn't matter. That stuff is actually pretty hard to document. And then compound on that, like, okay, legal issues, we're using this like new technology. Sometimes it's kind of a gray area. Okay, now people are like, oh, well, should I get a legal entity for this DAO? It like, starts getting really, really complex, right? And all that stuff is not necessarily have anything to do with the software. And then obviously we should document how to use the software. But I think oftentimes what I've found is people uh, have to deal with so much bullshit to run their organizations in real life that DAO software actually is a lot easier for them, even... Like unoptimized UX DAO software, it's easier for them than working with these like government portals or their like bank's really shitty website, you know. Um, so, but the real challenge is like, how do they mentally conceptualize what's happening, and how do they get legal compliance? How do they, you know, maybe flat- Yeah, I, I think what what you, would you be might have be a different take. But... Is is like first we have to
2: consider that like each DAO is different, right? Each DAO like a company does different things. There's, you know, companies that are just, you know, factory lines and, and they have their own process and you can't apply startup principles to factory lines, right? Um, and so what you could have is actually best practices for the type of DAO that you're creating, right? Like if you're a meme DAO or just like a community DAO, you'd have one set of best practices, right? That um, ultimately the community has has to work on together. Um, And then if you have like an actual business, like an actual entity somewhere and you're creating a DAO for that, that's a completely separate, you know, set of requirements and discussions that need to be had. But you could also compile a list of best practices for that, you know, particular use case. And then eventually you'll have like a bunch of different documents for a bunch of different cases. um, And, you know, the best practices will evolve over time. And you can just kind of reference those as, as a, you know, general, guideline but you'll still always have to dyor i think it's like creating a company right it's like there there are so many things you can do and depending on what you want to do um what kind of company you want to create you go and you know pick up a couple books you read on how to do them and then
3: the rest still dyor yeah absolutely i I definitely think these are these are things that uh um, can be can be documented and spread a little better i'm not going to uh bring Evan up here to talk about it because um, I know that he's getting more work actively as we as we uh, speak about it so look forward to that Evan Uh, yeah I'm trying to Uh, work it sounds
5: yeah uh, it sounds
3: like a really good thing to do
5: you know I think another thing we need um, and this takes time right because we're doing this whole speed evolution kind of thing um, but we need templates templates is really where it's at but you can't really get templates like too early until there's been like enough like experimentation. And I I like to think we're still in the experimentation phase of DAOs where we're doing this rapid evolution. A lot of things are crashing and burning and that's a fine. Death is good. Death is progress. That's how evolution works. And so we, but eventually once we get to a point where we have really good models for DAOs, um, we should just templatize those. Right. And then everything just becomes templates. And that's like kind of the end goal. We need to get through this like evolutionary pain to find the models that are like most safe and work and figure out which different types of models work for different types of things. Cause like again, yeah, Vlad's right, you don't want to run a factory line like a startup. Um and just like finding like a bunch of different templates that people can apply. I think that's really like kind of the end goal. But it's gonna take some time.
4: Yeah, for sure. Totally, totally agree.
3: Um, especially as a big checklist template guy myself. Um, but, uh, okay, we're about a of time. Um, anybody, uh, well, first of all, thank you everybody for, for joining. Um, if anybody's here who hasn't checked out Enterprise DAO, uh, go to enterprise.money. Uh, you can find out all sorts of information. Um, you can also go straight to dao.enterprise.money, check out the app itself, browse to the DAOs, uh, see anything you like, you know. Click, click, over, click around, join it. Uh, if it's a token or an NFT, DAO, uh, have some fun with it, get involved. Um, also, everyone, we've got, uh, uh, if you haven't already, uh, I suggest giving a follow to the uh, Enterprise DAO Twitter handle because there is uh, some more big news coming soon. Quite quite soon. Yeah. But uh, yes, thank you so much, everybody, for coming. Thank you for Rebel to for coming up and uh, adding to the discussion. Um, yeah, let's, let's just get some time. Go ahead, you,
0: with you guys. Later on. See ya. Yeah, Motherf- Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come, first serve mentality stuck in the perbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape them under the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and play. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living, selling friendship bracelets. Dead ends dragging out the maximum amount of payments. Red down days, got em acting all thankless. Yo, fam, what? Check these token knocks. stay probing this bear flexing broken eyes, I had to lay my soul down. I'm just roasting knives, and then to end a long day. 11 bowls of chronic. Never known the politic. I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom over the impossible loss, it's All moss, and I'm liking the odds. Bondo in the morning, forming mycological bonds. Smacking on the hostage, like the shit is play for keeps. Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines. They call it implausible when model after model keeps on ripping off the coat and going full throttle. Beats tearing apart your community. All these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity. Got a planet in reach. Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten, gazing after the siege. Commanding all the management to grab a few seats and then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east. Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats. Hands up if I got motherfuckers.